morning. Welcome back to the broadcast for Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, August 20th, 2022. It's been another great week of shows with great guests and great topics. We kicked off the week with a look at how to sell your car online. Let's take a look. Yeah. So, uh, you know, part of the car buying, selling process, all of it um, is sort of exploring your options. Where can you get the best deal? Um, you know, a good uh, part of buying a new car is if you trade in or sell an old car, that can go a long way towards helping you, you know, get to what you want on, on the new end. Um, and because this is such a lot widespread industry and such a major industry, um, new, new and exciting ways to sort of explore both buying and selling have emerged. And one of those uh, avenues or industries is online retailers that will allow you to put in information about your car, put in the VIN number, the mileage, the condition, that kind of thing. Just put it in. And in just a couple minutes, they'll give you a, a legitimate offer for the amount that they're willing to pay for your car. So we decided to look at some of the most popular of those options, CarMax, Carvana, and Vroom, uh, three of the bigger ones. CarMax and Carvana in particular, most people have probably heard of, lots of commercials. Carvana, we know, got the car vending machines for when you buy, but they've been rolling out commercials recently talking about, we'll come right to your yard, we'll pick it up out of the driveway, we'll hand you a check, and we'll, we'll take your car away if you want to sell it to us. We put uh, 100 different cars into each of these three sites, the same car into all three, and um, just compared the offer we got on each of them and to find which ones uh, give you the most and, and least amount for your used car. There was a very clear winner across the 100 vehicles we looked at. And to be clear, we looked at cars, trucks, SUVs, vans even um, were included. So we, we tried to sort of diversify a little bit just to make sure it wasn't one way or the other. Lots of different mileages, lots of different ages of cars. No matter what, there was one clear winner and that was CarMax. Um, across the 100 vehicles, the average offer that CarMax gave was over $1,000 higher than Carvana's and Vroom's. Um, and if you look at like SUVs, it was almost $1,500 higher. So uh, very, very clearly CarMax had the best offer. And I think they had the, the number one offer 66% of the time, so two thirds of, of the time. Uh, they had the best offer and the average offer was, was significantly higher so that, that really was uh, the clear winner through our analysis. I think something that probably helps um, for CarMax in particular is they're the most recognizable of the three names. They're the biggest, they have the widest network. They've been around the longest. I think they just have more resources at their disposal and they've probably done the math and said, hey, it's worth it for us to make sure we get these cars and, and get them in our lot because then we can resell them at, at an even bigger profit. I'm sure they've got all the calculations and spreadsheets that say, as long as we buy it at this level, we can sell it at this level because the market is this hot. And they have more resources probably than their competitors. Um, that makes it sort of probably worthwhile for them to be giving these offers that are so much higher than yeah. uh, the other sites. You know, it's going to depend heavily on really how above board your dealer is and how good they are at at actually pricing things out and taking a look at it. But one thing that no matter what you can do, if you do want to do something like that, I think I would suggest check out what the offers are on these websites, because then you have an actual offer in hand you can take. So if that dealer in person gives you something less, you can go, hey, look, CarMax is going to give me more. Are you sure that's the best offer you can give me? Um, or uh, vice versa, if, if you go and they give you a better offer, you go, all right, cool. I priced it out. I knew what my low point is. And this is a bonus. This is this is icing on the cake because this dealer in person is offering me even more. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's what I'd recommend. Next up, we discussed how the video game industry is failing the squeeze. Let's take a look. You know, I mean, no brainer, right? Like anything that people did a lot of inside, um, they are now, you know, vaccinated or, you know, feel that COVID is not the same kind of threat as it once was. And so they are feeling safer about, you know, going out into the world and, um, you know, doing more social things, masks off. And so I think as a result, um, you know, Streaming is suffering, of course. You know, we've all seen, you know, Netflix's earnings reports this year. They're obviously way down. Um, you know, gaming is down somewhat. But I think that it's interesting, right? Because, like, you see reports out there that are like, gaming is down. But it depends on what way you're looking at the overall industry. So, um, you know, uh, when you look at, for instance, like, um, there was a story that you had sent me in regards to Activision Blizzard and they had less people playing the popular um, shooting game Call of Duty. Um, for people who haven't heard of it, it's like a military simulator. But then what is not mentioned in that article is that uh, Blizzard also launched a game from one of their very popular franchises called Diablo this year for mobile. It was called Diablo Immortal. And in its first month, it made something like, I don't know, like $11 million. So <laughs> it's, um, uh, it, it, it depends on how you look at it, basically. I mean, yes, bottom line, definitely a little less. But I think it's interesting as well because um, gaming is something that, and you can you know see this over time, it's continued to um, grow. You know, the industry keeps getting bigger and bigger. So even with this little down bump, I do feel like it's going to continue to grow. Like I know that um, it's still. I can't remember the number, but I think it's like twenty thirty you know, we will see it increase by something like a billion dollars. Right. So it, yeah. So the industry on the whole, I think will keep growing, but I do think that it's natural to have a hiccup where, you know, we all spent years, some of us inside and we really want to get out. Um, yeah. But I don't think it's going to, it's, I don't think it's going to be an Achilles heel for gaming on in the big picture. For me, a person who's been involved with games for a little over 30 years, I feel like I have only seen the quality of graphics, storytelling, mechanics continue to go up on the whole. Um, however, one thing that I think, honestly, I think this is the bigger issue with streaming as well, is that the market is so glutted. Um, you know, when Netflix started, it kind of innovated the streaming market and, you know, it was the only big game in town. Now you have every, you know, major... You know, you have Paramount, you have Hulu, you have so many different ones trying to get in on that pie that it's no longer just, you know, like you have my only attention. And with games, there's actually a similar phenomenon going on, whereas uh, when I was younger growing up, um, you know, to purchase 50 or $60 big titles was kind of more what was the norm, you know, Nintendo's Mario and Zelda, things like that. But now there is a huge indie population in the gaming space. And often those folks are making really tremendous games, amazing storytelling, amazing mechanics. And those games are like half the price of what we call triple A's, which is like a 60 to $70 game. So I think that also is hurting stuff like Call of Duty because there was a time at which Call of Duty was like the only type of game like that in its class. And now there are very talented independent designers making things like that or in the same realm of that. And their game costs $20 instead of 70. Historically, uh, film adaptions of video games have been like really bad. Like in the gaming community, they're just kind of like, 
they're not well done. They don't understand, you know, the story or the nuances or whatever. But in the last couple of years, we've had a couple of adaptions. Um, I think Detective Pokemon was one of them with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie this year made some like enormous amount of money. Like it was like the second top grossing film for like months and months and months. And people are starting to come out of these movies and go like, that was actually good. And so that's kind of exciting, I think, because it seems like it's been an area that film hasn't really known how to handle. And now it seems like whoever is in there is starting to understand better how to tell those stories and make them, you know, not hokey or poorly acted or like they're they're starting to nail it. But not everything. But, you know, some which is very hopeful for more seems like um, in film, you know, we have a lot more of like, oh, like the Fast and the Furious was did well. Let's make two. Let's make three. Let's make four. I know game makers, I've noticed, have had a trend towards not just having a game, but trying to grow a franchise around the game. So uh, you're probably familiar with the Final Fantasy series. It's like very high profile. So Final Fantasy, you should just be like, but you get the game. That's it. But the last one they did was like, here's the game. Here's a movie that is connected to the game's story that you won't get the story unless you watch the movie. Here's an animated series, which is another part of the story you won't get in the game. And then they put out several downloadable content packets later to allow like the, the world to be bigger. So I think the idea, right, is of course, uh, not only to expand the world, but also all of those different things are making money. So it's not just like we get your $60, it's like we get, you know, $150. And that is ideal for the creators. Well, we're halfway through, we come back. The other half of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house 
and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We also discussed how the Government Accountability Office is taking a look into the recent federal thrift savings plan online transition. Let's take a look. Well, this is the, the savings plan for uh, my constituents for when they retire. So it is of utmost importance to them. That's why they are so concerned with the problems they're having with the new online system. Well, the concerns have been all over the, the map. They're really quite outrageous concerns. Taxes, for example, being erroneously taken from accounts, uh, incorrect uh, beneficiary information, the inability to access their retirement savings. It's been across the board problems. I have asked uh, the GAO to be a to do a comprehensive review of the fifth savings plan so that we can get to the bottom of these issues. And finally, do you know how to withdraw money from a 529 plan? Well, we discussed it. Let's take a look. Yeah, that's something families have to be careful about. Um, and one key is that uh, making sure that the expenses are what the IRS deems qualified expenses. And most of your big bills will be qualified. That is to say your tuition, fees, uh, room and board if the student is living on campus. Uh, so you can take a look at what the qualified expenses are um, on the IRS website or uh, go to my article at consumerreports.org uh, to see links. But make sure that those expenses are what you're spending the money on and that you can document them, uh, that you have receipts or whatever from the colleges. Uh, simply giving money to your student and, and having them you know, buy pizza at night is not going to qualify. If it's not qualified, you will have that penalty, plus you will pay ordinary income taxes on the amounts you withdraw as well. So uh, it pays to be careful. Uh, for the families who can put that money away, especially long term, uh, there's a really big benefit because uh, it's tax free. Uh, it counts generally less heavily uh, against need based financial aid. And some states also offer tax breaks on the amounts you contribute. So it's really worth researching that and taking advantage of that if you can. Uh, there are a lot of resources where people can find that information. Many states have their own plans, though you generally do not have to stick to your own state's plan, uh, but it's worth looking at if you get a tax break. But there are plenty of websites that do that. Um, state treasurer associations all have links to that. Uh, websites such as savingforcollege.com have it. 
Uh, and a lot of the fund companies run different versions, so you could check there too. But uh, take a look at the costs and what the available tax breaks are, as well as uh, you know the specific investments that are offered. There's a, a lot you can choose from. Well, certainly great segments. I want to thank all of our wonderful contributors this week. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for Beer and Sunday. I'll be joined by members of the media and academia and financial services as we analyze all the news and events for the week. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.